Welcome to the Moving Markets podcast on Wednesday, the 26th of April with me, Lucia Chachulovic. Coming up on the show today, I'll be talking to Alexander Peterson about the latest market news. And we are also joined by Dario Messi, who will then update us on what's moving fixed income markets. So let's get started. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Lucia. So I read this morning that there was banking turmoil in the US yesterday. Can you start by filling us in on the details? Yes, of course. First Republic Bank is considering divesting 50 billion to 100 billion assets as it attempts to recover from the turmoil that engulfed the industry last month. The sales, which include long-term mortgages and securities, are intended to reduce the bank's asset liability mismatch, which is one of the factors that left the First Republic Bank sliding after a run on deposit in March. After First Republic reported earnings that fell far short of analysts' expectations, the full scope of the bank's problems became clear to investors. The wealth management business for ultra-rich clients, which was a key component of its previous success, may have its wings clipped. On Tuesdays, the company's stock dropped 49%. Okay, and some of the so-called FANG stocks reported yesterday their earnings. What can you tell us about that? Alphabet, Google and Microsoft, whose quarterly earnings were boosted by their established search and cloud computing businesses, respectively used their investors' calls to emphasize what's next, artificial intelligence. In their earnings calls yesterday, the tech titans provided starkly different assessments of how much disruption the market will face. Google executives urged investors to put their faith in the company's long history as the world's leading search engine and framed AI as just another shift in an everlasting business changes. Microsoft, however, has hinted that something far more dramatic is in the works. Investors appear to prefer Microsoft thesis, sending its shares up as much as 9.7% in extending, while Alphabet increased less than 2%. And what about the rest of the US? How did the broader markets perform there? Uh, coming to U.S. market action, the S&P 500 was down 1.6% with outperformers in utilities, consumer staples and real estate. The Nasdaq 100 was also down 1.9% and the 10-year U.S. Treasury ended Tuesday free at 3.4% yields. And what about the futures there? In the futures market, the S&P 500 and Nasdaq 100 futures contracts are both currently experiencing gains of more than 0.4%. Okay, now moving away from the US, what has happened in Asia? Overnight, an Asian share index declined for the fourth straight session, with financial stocks among the biggest losers. Steel producers and iron ore miners also experienced losses, as iron ore earlier fell below 100 per ton for the first time since December, indicating a shaky recovery in China's demand for raw materials. Chinese stock losses appear to be slowing down as attention turned to Beijing's potential for new policy support. So let's leave the equity markets then and turn our attention to the other asset classes. What news do you have there? Over in currencies, the Bloomberg dollar spot index was little changed and the euro is trading above $1.09. In the digital asset world, Bitcoin is trading around $28,310 and in commodities, West Texas Intermediate gained 0.5% trading around $77 a barrel. Gold is trading at around $1,995 an ounce. So what can we expect for the day ahead? Earnings season is in full swing and companies that are due to report today include Boeing, Meta and Hilton. Amazon, American Airlines, Intel, Mastercards and Barclays are among the companies scheduled to report tomorrow. European shares are headed for declines on rekindled US banking worries and investors suggest the results. And that's all for today's Markets Wrap-Up.
Back to you, Lucia. Perfect. Thank you very much, Alex, for the roundup. Now, Dario, good morning. Great to have you on the show this morning as well. So throughout the year, when we talked about the expected economic slowdown and also discussed how much credit risk investors should expose themselves, you sounded quite cautious. But credit segments fared quite well so far this year, didn't they? Good morning, Lucia. And yes, you're right. Uh, credit segments did hold up much better than we expected, especially at the start of the year. We saw really some strong performance in February and obviously March then with the bank stress, riskier segments finally underperformed. But since then, uh, the situation stabilized again somewhat and again, some pretty strong results going into the month of April. So generally, bond markets delivered positive returns. But yes, we have to say riskier segments did much better than expected. Why is that so? Probably because the economy seems to be much more resilient than many uh, thought before. Okay, but still, just recently, you decided to become even more conservative by downgrading the US high yield segment to underweight from neutral. Why is that? Uh, yes, indeed, we downgraded the segment. Um, the main reason to be cautious or why we think it makes sense to be cautious is unchanged. Uh, financial conditions have tightened considerably since the Fed started uh, its fight against this sticky inflation. And as a consequence, unprofitable or financially also less stable companies, they really experience more stress now. Uh, in fact, such companies have not only higher credit costs um, by definition, but usually also have shorter maturities in their liabilities on average, which in turn means that increasing refinancing costs translate much quicker into higher actual costs. And we also see that the activity in the primary market is mixed at best so far this year. So the capital market is certainly not as wide open anymore for, for the high yielders. And basically, this means for us that also the default rate is likely to increase from here overall. Uh, we saw already a pickup in adverse credit events. And, you know, the, the, the recent turmoil in the banking sector does not make it any easier. Yes, we have to say the situation calmed, but I'm pretty sure that banks are now much less willing to lend money. So overall, the economic outlook remains fragile. The likelihood of a credit crunch or even a recession has risen, which should put additional pressure on, on weaker balance sheets. And when we look at the other side, at the compensation of the U.S. yield market, so at credit spreads, we simply don't feel that this kind of adverse scenario is priced in. Therefore, uh, we decided to downgrade the segment to underweight, at least for the time being. All right, understood. So cutting some credit exposure at this point. But you are keeping the overweight rating for emerging markets, hard currency debt, right? Uh, yes, exactly. At the moment, we would rather allocate risk budgets to emerging markets. Uh, this segment still benefits from, from China's reopening and, and the dollar weakness. Recent data also confirmed that the China's recovery is actually on track. Um, yes, the growth type, let's say, um, this time is a bit different. It's less targeted at big infrastructure or construction, and we therefore don't have this typical boom in commodities demand. But even without this, uh, we think there is certainly some positive spillovers for emerging economies overall from this China reopening. Just look, for example, at, at the tourism sector. So yes, we still see some value in emerging market hard currency debt. 
Great. Thanks so much for your insights today, Dario. So that's it for today. Thanks again to our speakers for the conversation this morning and thank you all for tuning in. Be sure to join us again tomorrow when Helen Freer will be back to guide you through the latest market news with our experts. But until then, good luck today and goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Business Leaders is a monthly podcast where we talk to entrepreneurs across the globe. We delve into the details of how they started their careers, their journeys in building businesses, and hear about some of the challenges that they faced along the way. Search for Business Leaders on your favorite podcast player.